Today's reading is from the 17th chapter of the book of Matthew. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. When he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Well, good morning. It's good to be here with you all on this Mardi Gras Sunday. This is also Transfiguration Sunday. I know, Nancy, it's a long word. Um... But it's a Transfiguration Sunday. It's the day of the year that we hear this Transfiguration story. Um, it, it's a good day of the year to be here with you all. So um, as I was thinking about the story, I was thinking about the fact that um, I am the youngest in my family. I have two older brothers that are six and eight years older than me. So I have always been like the kid little sister in my family. Anyone else relate to being like the youngest little kid? Anyone? Okay, here's the plight of the youngest child. <laughs> Um, growing up, I always wanted to be like my brothers, right? And they were like six and eight years older than me. They were mature, you know? Like they were in middle school. Like they knew things. Um, and so I always wanted to keep up with them and I wanted to know everything that they knew and I wanted to be like adults like them, even though now they're still not adults. Um, but I wanted to like know what they know, which uh, led them, me to believe a lot of lies when I was little. Um, but I wanted to be like an adult and know things and have facts. And this stayed with me um, all the way throughout school. And I remember being in high school and having like the most anxiety I ever felt was sitting in a class when a teacher would like ask a question. And then it would be one of those teachers that like you didn't have to raise your hand. They would just call on you. You know those teachers? Terrifying. And I was so scared of, like, not knowing the answer when I would be called on. Like, that just scared me so much. Gave me so much anxiety. Um, And then I remember in college, um, one of my favorite professors had that same technique. And she asked a question and then said, Carrie, what do you think? And I had this, like, stunning realization where I was like, I don't know. And she said, okay. And then, like, just kept going. And I lived my greatest fear, you guys. Um, And I survived. I made it through. But it was in that moment that I recognized that saying I don't know isn't, like, a swear word. Like, that's not a bad thing to say. It's not bad to not know something. And I was thinking about that this week, and I was thinking about how we as humans really like answers, right? Like, questions are fun, but answers are awesome. And we like certainty, and we like facts, and we like having a basis of knowing things. Like, I like knowing for certain, certain parts of my life. And I was thinking about this and how um, a lot of times life doesn't give us answers, right? It leaves us in the questions. 
And um, as I was thinking about this, I kept thinking about this clip that I have. So I'm letting you in on a nerdy, a very nerdy aspect of my life. I have a YouTube, like you can make playlists on YouTube, and I have one that is very secret, you need a password to get into it, called Dream Sermon Videos. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I have videos on YouTube that I have saved that like someday I'm going to play that in worship and it's going to be awesome. Um, And the video I'm about to show you is from there and I am so excited. Um, So I I have saved this one for years and I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to use it. And then last night I was like, oh my gosh, I can show the clip. Um, So this is a stand-up bit from the comedian Pete Holmes. If you are unaware of who Pete Holmes is, he's a stand-up comedian, um, and he uh, he's had a TV show. He's had a couple, he had a talk show for a while. He just wrote a book that's incredible. Um, he has an an amazing story about being really involved in the evangelical church and then losing his faith when he got a divorce, and then finding it again in a completely different way. But he's just a stand-up comedian. His comedy has not a whole lot to do with spirituality, but he has become kind of a spiritual leader in a strange way. So this video is just him doing stand-up on Conan O'Brien's show. Um, It's about 10 years old, so it, like, thinks iPhones are a lot cooler than we think they are now. But just hold on to that. Um, But as I was thinking about mystery and wonder and the way that we want certainty but often don't get it, I couldn't help but think about this. So here is Pete Holmes. So I have an eye telephone. I have an eye telephone. <laughs> Thank you. Which means I have Google on my phone. I'm guessing a lot of you do. I have Google on my phone now. And it's ruining our lives. I don't know if you've noticed. It's ruining life. Because we know everything. <laughs> but we're not a lick smarter for it. We just know. You don't know something? Wait. Two seconds. You will know. Having Google on your phone is like having a drunk know-it-all in your pocket. There's no time for mystery or wonder. You're just like, how do they make glass? And you know. But the time between not knowing and knowing is so brief that knowing feels exactly like not knowing. So life is meaningless. I've literally been in bed in the morning, alone, just like, where's Tom Petty from? (sighs) But I feel nothing, because there was no time to not know. Listen to me. There was a time, and I don't mean to get all Andy Rooney on ya, but there was a time that if you didn't know where Tom Petty was from, you just didn't know. And you felt that yearning and that deficit in your being. And you'd go around and ask actual people. Like, where's Tom Petty from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And now I'm impregnated with wonder. And then they go and ask people... Until one fateful day, you see a girl wearing a Heartbreakers t-shirt, you rush up to her and you're like, hey, where's Tom Petty from? And she tells you, Florida. And a wave of endorphins and pleasure and meaning would wash over you. And you felt something. And that's how you met your wife. Do you understand? Your wedding song was Refugee. Did Biz laugh? Thank you very much, everybody. Good night. Thank you.
So, first of all, I just have to say, thank you. <laughs> that has been years of the making. Um, there are many things that I love about this video. First of all, the idea to have refugees a wedding song. I'm definitely putting that um, in the wedding notes. Um, also, I just like the, the truth behind the comedic exploration of it. Like, I love the fact that um, Pete points out that we, don't, we have less room for mystery and for wonder now because we have this thing in our pockets that answers a bunch of questions that we have. Um, I was talking in between services about how I learned that on um, Amazon Prime videos, like if you kind of mouse over it so you see like the time, it'll show you the actor list on the side as well, which totally ruins the like, I know that guy, but what do I know him from, you know? And then you look it up and you're like, oh, that's, you know, the guy from Downton Abbey. Um, like we have this thing that, allows us to know so much and yet not retain a lot of it. And I like, um, I love the phrase that we get to uh, help people see the wonder as well. Like he talks about um, asking how, or if anyone else knew where Tom Petty was from, and he uses the phrase impregnated with wonder, which is like my new favorite phrase. I think I'm going to put it on a bumper sticker or something. Um, But like sharing in the wonder and the mystery of what is going on Now, Pete gets an answer eventually with a hypothetical girl who becomes his wife. But I think about those times in our life when we have those questions that can't be answered as quickly as, like, Googling them or finding someone in a Heartbreakers t-shirt. And I think about, like, the mystery and the wonder of the things that happen in our lives. And that's what I kept coming back to when I uh, was reading the text for this morning. So today is Transfiguration Sunday. Um, It's also Mardi Gras Sunday, which is a lot more fun. Um, But it's called Transfiguration Sunday because every year we read this transfiguration story. And it's a weird story. Like, really weird. Like, the fact that I have never heard the word transfiguration outside of Harry Potter before. You know? Like, that kind of weird. So let's just recap really quick. Okay, so it comes from the uh, book of Matthew which is one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, They all tell the story of Jesus just from their own different perspectives. You can find more information in this thing called the Bible. Um, But Matthew tells us about the transfiguration. So Jesus, with three of his disciples, go up on this mountaintop, and they hang out there. And then suddenly, listen to me, and maybe close your eyes and picture it, but Jesus shines like the sun. That's in the text. Jesus shines like the sun and then becomes dazzling white. Has this ever happened to anyone else? Anyone in the room? No? Okay. So that's weird. And then Elijah and Moses show show up, who are two guys that have been dead for, like, a while. There's no seeing them coming back. Um, And they show up on the mountain, and then Jesus and and Elijah and Moses are, like, chatting for a while. And then the disciples don't know what to do, so, like, maybe we should, like put some tents up so you guys can hang out longer. Um, And then when that happens, we hear the voice of God saying, this is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Which also in that um, culture, listen to him also means like obey him. And then as anyone would be, I think, the disciples are terrified and Jesus touches them and calms their fears and then tells them like to not tell anyone what just happened. Which is probably good, because I, I'm pretty sure if I came to you guys and I was like, you guys, I was on a mountain, and this guy showed like, the sun, and then there was like white blazing stuff, and then there was people that, dead people there talking to him, you, 
you would probably ask me to not be your pastor anymore, um, which would be fair. Um, but they have this weird experience, this really strange story. And the more I thought about it and the more I tried to like find answers in it and like find the moral and like the true meaning and like find the thing that I need to tell you all about in it, the more I just kept thinking about like the wonder of it all and like the weirdness and the mystery of that happening. Of the strangeness of like Jesus shining, of the strangeness of these um, figures coming back, of the mystery of why it needed to happen. And I couldn't help but just almost get lost in just the same kind of confusion that the disciples must have been in and the same kind of wonder and mystery of it all. And so I think we um, have these moments in our lives where there is mystery, where there's not the, like, answer, where there's not the question and the immediate response or the fact that we can hold on to, but there's the ambiguity and the questioning and the wondering. We all have this in our lives. And I think that's what I take from this text, and that's what I invite you to do, is to just take a moment and just, like, experience that moment. So maybe close your eyes. Let's do this. Close your eyes. And think about being on a mountaintop with a couple of your friends. You can cast the disciples how you want to. And picture being there with Jesus and suddenly his face shining and his clothes becoming dazzling white. And hearing the words, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And just spend a couple seconds in that place. And now you can open your eyes. I think sometimes you just need to experience the weird mystery of who God is. God is very rarely, I feel like, a, like thing that we get direct fact answers from, right? And life rarely gives us direct factual answers. But there's a lot of mystery and wonder in the world around us and in who God is around us. There's a lot of mystery and wonder in that story. And so I don't know what you take away from it, but I challenge you to spend some time with this story, wondering about what it can mean. To me, I think about the fact that we get to hear from God that Jesus is his beloved and that he's well-pleased and that we are to listen to him. My favorite part of the story, however, is when Jesus touches the disciples and tells them not to be afraid. Because it's in those moments of uncertainty and of wonder and of mystery and of what is going on and confusion and fear that I need to know that Jesus comes to us and touches us and tells us, do not be afraid. It's in those times, whether um, it's in those times whether they are terrifying or scary or unknown or joyful or excited or sad or any of those emotions and any of those states of being, that we need to know that Jesus is there with us in that same moment holding us close. So Lent is coming up. Ash Wednesday is, uh, is on Wednesday, once again, plug, services, they're, you know, everywhere. Um, 11 a.m., 6.30 p.m., come to them. But Ash Wednesday is coming up close, which means that Lent is coming close, which means that we walk through these 40 days of Lent together, wondering and um, looking at the mystery, and then we walk through the three days. So it's Maundy Thursday, where we have the last meal of Christ. We have Good Friday, where 
Christ dies, and we have Easter vigil and Easter celebration, right? And you walk through the story. And I wonder what it would be like this year, rather than trying to find, like, the answer in the story or the moral or, like, the facts of it, if we just try to experience it. And look at the wonder and the mystery of what God was doing in that story, of what God was doing in the life of Jesus Christ. And look at what God might be doing in our lives now. In those pockets of your life where you don't have the answer, where it feels like just pure wonder and mystery, where it feels like you have no idea what's going to happen. Knowing that that is where God is and God meets you. And knowing that whatever that space is, whatever that holds, that God continues to bring us to new life, to new love and hope and grace and peace. So wherever you are, whatever mystery you have, may you have wonder. May you be curious about what comes next. And may God bring you ever closer to that new life.